Hey, as you're standing, take your Bibles and turn with me to Isaiah 35, verses 3 through 7. I have the great privilege today of sharing the State of the Church Address. Isaiah 35, verses 3 through 7. Strengthen the feeble knees, excuse me, strengthen the feeble hands, steady the knees that give way. Say to those with fearful hearts, be strong. Everybody say it with me. Be strong. Oh, say it like you mean it. Be strong. Do not fear. Your God will come. He will come with vengeance, with divine retribution. He will come to save you. Then will the eyes of the blind be open and the ears of the deaf unstopped. Then will the lame leap like a deer and mute tongues shout for joy. Water will gush forth in the wilderness, streams in the desert. The burning sand will become a pool. The thirsty ground, bubbling springs in the haunts where jackals once lay. Grass and reeds and papyrus will grow. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. It really is a lamp. It really is a light. And it's transformational. Your word changes us. And I'm asking today for a special anointing to come on me as I share the prophetic word for this church and for your people that are a part of this church for this year. I pray, oh God, you would intervene. I pray for ears to hear and a heart to respond and eyes to see. So Holy Spirit, come. Come on, people. Begin to pray in the Holy Ghost. Spirit of the living God, come in power and come in might. Thank you for the hundreds of people that were here in the first service, filling this place. Thank you for that your power came and manifested. You manifested yourself. Thank you for what you're going to do in this service. And I give you all the praise and glory and honor in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. You may be seated. I want to greet all those who will be listening to this message. All of my Marshallese family, over 30 congregations in the U.S. For our church is there in Texas and Arkansas and Oklahoma and in Missouri, in Branson, in West Virginia, and in California, and in Oregon, and in Washington, and in Alaska, in Arizona, and all through the islands, oh, all the way over in Kauai today, and Molokai, and Lanai, and Oahu, in the Big Island, and all through Maui, and all of our extensions, and then overseas, all of the Nations that will hear this message. I want to greet you in the name of the Lord. Each year, as you know, our government leaders give us a state of something address. The State of the Union, our president just gave it recently. State of the state address. The state of the county address that our mayor is going to give. But to me, the most important address is the state of the church address. And you say, well, pastor, why is that? Because I pray for a word from God, a prophetic word that will be fulfilled by Him personally in your life this year and in our church. For those of you that were here a year ago, 2017 word that God gave us was the word resilience. The word picture of that particular word is an interesting picture. It's a rubber band that's stretched and yet it comes back to its original shape and therefore that year we called bounce back year and it was amazing to see what God did in people's lives 
and in this church. One of the unique aspects of our church is that we have what we call small groups or life groups. And uh, for a number of years, the life groups had, had, had been static. They had not grown. But last year, we grew to over 400 life groups and about 1,000 life groups in the U.S., not counting all the ones overseas. It was a bounce-back year for discipleship. We saw many families who once attended the church years ago come back home. It was a bounce-back year. We saw financial breakthroughs. I saw it in people's lives, but I saw it especially in our church. It was a bounce-back year. You say, Pastor, what do you mean? Well, the tithes and offerings grew. But one of the great things God did is he refinanced most of our properties. And we dropped our interest rate from, over, from 7% down to 4.25%. Somebody say, hallelujah. In 2015, as many of you know, we fulfilled the vision that God had given us in 2010. It was a five-year vision. It was called the one vision. We had believed that we would have 120 campuses ministering to 20,000 weekly. And in May of 2015, that's exactly what happened. We had 124 banners marched through this congregation. All of us were moved. We wept together as we saw God's hand do a miracle in this church. But what you may not know is that the very next year, uh, certain kinds of things happened. Uh, certain attacks in various nations and in various places that caused that amount of extensions to dwindle. And if you looked at it in the natural, you would have said, oh my, what's happening? We will never reach the one, two, three vision. A hundred extensions in the U.S., 200 overseas, and 30,000 disciples in our life groups. But did you know what 2017 was? It was bounce back year. Not only did we recover all the extensions we lost, but we move forward in the vision. And so today, we're in 165 locations. We're right on schedule to be able to break that goal in 2020. Somebody say hallelujah. Everybody say bounce back. The word of the Lord is real. And personally, many of you experienced bounce back last year in your relationships, in your health, in your finances, but most of all, spiritually. So it was a personal, everybody say a personal bounce back. You say, well, Pastor, what's the word of the Lord for this year? Well, it comes right out of this text, and I want you to keep your Bibles open there to Isaiah 35. You'll notice that God is calling to his people. It's a call by the Lord. And look at what he says. He says, to strengthen the feeble hands, steady the knees, and to say to those with fearful hearts, be strong. Everybody say, be strong. Do not fear. Well, what a word. And then he goes on in this text to tell us why we ought to believe what God just said. He said, because God will come to save us there in verse 4. And then he goes on in verse 5 and he says, God's going to do miracles. He's going to open the blinded eyes and the deaf ears. And those who are lame are going to leap like a deer. And those who couldn't speak will start to speak 
Miracles will begin to happen. And then he concludes by giving us a word picture, if you will, of what I believe is the power of the Holy Ghost. Jesus told us that the Holy Spirit is described as rivers of living water that will come forth. And you'll notice the picture here. It says, waters will gush forth in the wilderness, streams in the desert. What a picture. In that which is the driest, the Holy Spirit is going to be poured out. Burning sands will become a pool. Somebody ought to get excited. He may be describing you. You may seem far away from the power of God, but in this year, something's going to happen to you. You say, well, what's the word for 2016? I want you to write it in your notes, and I want you to say it out loud. The word is strength. Everybody say it with me. Strength. Say it like you really mean it. Now turn to your neighbor and say, be strong. Turn to your other neighbor and say, be strong. 2018, 2017 has gone. Thank you for that correction. Uh, fix it on the tape there, yes. <laughs> uh, Pastor, we're watching you live. It don't work that way. The word for 2018 is? The word for 2018 is? Notice that strength and the Holy Spirit are tied together. This is because our strength comes from the Lord. We're not talking about just natural strength. I believe God can physically strengthen you, but that strength comes from the Lord. Think about it. You read that passage in Exodus 15, verse 2. It's the song of Moses and Miriam after they crossed the Red Sea. It says, the Lord is my strength and my song. He has become my salvation. You read the song of praise of David in 2 Samuel 22, 23, and 40. Listen to what it says. It is God who arms me with strength and makes my way perfect. Verse 40, you, you armed me with strength for battle. And then over and over again in Psalms, I just picked out a few. Psalm 18.1, I love you, O Lord, my strength. Psalm 29.11, the Lord gives strength to his people. Psalm 27.1, the Lord is the strength of my life. Whom shall I be afraid? Psalm 28.7, the Lord is my strength and my shield. 28.8, the Lord is the strength of his people. 29.11, the Lord gives strength to his people. Psalm 46.1, God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. Psalm 68, 35, the God of Israel gives power and strength to his people. Psalm 105, 4, look to the Lord and his strength. Seek him. Seek his face always. In the New Testament, it doesn't stop. Paul writes in Philippians 4, 13, I can do all things through Christ who strengtheneth me. Oh, I want you to turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 12. It's a verse of Scripture that means an awful lot to me in some of the most desperate times in my life. God would remind me of this verse, verse, verse 9 and 10 of 2 Corinthians 12. You say, Pastor, I'm weak. Oh, listen to what it says here. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Verse 9, then... Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weakness so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses and insults and hardships and persecutions and difficulties. 
For when I am weak, then am I strong. You say, Pastor, I don't have any excuse. That's right. No excuses. This is your year of strength because your strength comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. I love what Peter says in 1 Peter 5.10, And the God of all grace will himself restore you and make you strong, firm, and steadfast. Hallelujah. Since strength is a work of the Holy Ghost, don't be, surprised, don't be surprised if we see a greater manifestation of the Holy Spirit in our midst because it's tied together. This is going to be a year of strength. It's going to be a year of strength for you personally. It's going to be a year of strength for our church. And the Holy Spirit, because he's the author of that strength, is going to find greater freedom to work in your life and in this church. You've already begun to see it in so many people healed. Always fascinating to me how Scripture confirms Scripture. When you look at Isaiah 41.10, it starts out by saying, So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. And then it goes on to say the enemies will be destroyed. Verse 15, see, I will make you into a threshing sledge. You'll be new and sharp. And it goes on to talk about how God is going to work in great power. And he begins to talk about the Holy Spirit, barren heights, flowing on the barren heights and springs, you know, coming forth in the valley. I will turn the desert into pools of water and the parched ground into springs. It just seems like the Holy Ghost and strength flow hand in hand. Now here's the key. Everybody listen. This is going to be a year of strength for you personally in every aspect of your life and for our church. But how do we, how do we see this word fulfilled in our lives? And if you're sleeping up until this point, wake up right now. Those of you watching me by video, wake up right now. Because if you'll grab onto these things, you'll allow this word to be fulfilled in your life. Here's the first thing. Stay in covenant. Everyone say it with me. What? You see, whether we like it or not, life is a series of covenants. You can call them agreements. You can call them treaties, whatever you want to do, but they're covenants. You make decisions together and you say, this is what I'm going to do. You see, Samson was a part of a covenant. It was a covenant of supernatural strength that God was going to give Samson to help free the children of Israel from the bondage that they were under. And even before he was born, an angel had appeared to his mom and said, look, this baby that's about to be born is going to be a Nazarite. So there's certain vows that he must keep throughout his life. One of those vows was the growing of his hair where he was not allowed to cut it. There were other parts of that vow too. But that hair that he grew was a sign of the covenant. Now what happened is you know, he fell into the arms of a lady by the name of Delilah and it was all over because she cut his hair. And the moment that hair was cut, covenant was broken and his strength was gone. Now listen to me please. This is going to be a year of strength, but it also must be a year of covenant. If you've made agreements, follow through on those agreements. Don't just take them lightly. 
Because God wants you to have a year of strength. If you owe people money, work out arrangements where you can pay them back. Somebody say amen. Don't just slough it off as though it's not important. It's an issue of covenant. If it takes you 10 years, get it done. In your marriage, that's a covenant. Say, Lord, make my marriage strong. I want to I stay as a covenant person. Now, I do understand that sometimes gov- covenants are broken and it's not because of us. It's because covenant means more than one person. You're dealing with others. And sometimes that person breaks covenant and the covenant's broken. But let me suggest to you, you do what you can do to be able to fulfill your part of the covenant. Somebody say amen. When the covenant's broken, go on. Don't worry about it. God will help you. But you be sure your heart is right. You'll notice that if you're in a job, whether you realize it or not, that's a covenant relationship. You have said to your employer, I'm going to work this many hours and I'm going to give you my best and you're going to pay me this amount. Well, he's going to pay you that amount, but what if you didn't give him your best or what if you didn't decide to come to work and you take, you take liberties that you shouldn't take? You're breaking covenant. You see, the strength that the Lord's going to give you this year is going to come because you weren't acting like Samson. You kept and fulfilled the covenants God had you have. Are you hearing me? Secondly, you will notice something, and it is that we need to grow in the Word. Now, the reason I mention that is because when you read the book of Joshua, you'll notice that over and over again, there's numerous times where the word of the Lord to Joshua is, be strong and courageous and do not fear. Now, if you study every one of those phrases, you'll notice they all have an attachment to them. One of them is found in Joshua 1, 7, and 8. Now, listen to what he says. He says, be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from the right to the, or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. And now verse 8, it says, Do not let the book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Now it's very important for you to understand that in relationship, what what enhances a relationship is you're growing in the knowledge of that person. Now, I've been married for a long time. It's been awesome. Now, you say, how long you been married? I've been married 46 years. We're moving on 47. I got it right, didn't I, honey? It's awesome. And I love my little Valentine. There ain't no question about that. But I'm going to tell you what, I know a lot more about her now than I did 46 years ago. And, and I'm still learning. In fact, what marriage is, I've said this many times, men, you are Captain Kirk on the Starship Enterprise. And throughout your marriage, you're discovering new planets. They all happen to be your wife. Hallelujah. That is the joy of marriage. Now, what happens when you stop growing in the knowledge of that person you're committed to? Then that marriage dies. What happens when you stop growing in the knowledge of the Lord? You start moving downstream rather than upstream. And the growing in the Word is crucial. That's why God said to Joshua, meditate on it day and night. 
You, there should be a time when you just simply sit down, read the word just to get fed, so your soul gets fed. That's why you're in church today. I don't preach from the newspaper. I preach from the word because you don't need what the newspaper says. You need what the word says. And that needs to be a nourishing moment for you. Some of you don't just come on Sunday morning. You, you'll come Sunday night tonight, get a word. You'll be here Wednesday night. Some of you will be in a life group and, and you'll be getting the word and you say, well, can I ever get enough word? You can never get enough word. It's a life force because it's the Holy Spirit that spoke it into existence. And when you get it in your heart, you are allowing the Spirit of God to begin to transform you from the inside out. In fact... Psalm 119, 28 says, Strengthen me according to your word. Your strength is going to come as you study the word. In fact, I love what Proverbs says. Proverbs 24, 5 says, A man of knowledge increases strength. Can you imagine what it's going to be like this year as you grow in the knowledge of the Lord and you grow in his word? You're going to become stronger and stronger. Some of the things that used to just uh, totally paralyzed. You aren't going to paralyze you anymore because you know, you know God's Word. That brings me then to the third thing. Not only stay in covenant, grow in the Word, but wait on the Lord and pray. Wait on the Lord and pray. In Psalm 27, 14, it says, Wait for the Lord, be strong, and <clears throat> take heart, and wait for the Lord. You'll notice that Paul the Apostle prays in a number of places in his epistles. In the book of Colossians chapter 1, he prays in verse 11 these words for the Colossian church, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might. He prays for strength. This year will be a year you say, Lord, strengthen me, strengthen me. In fact, in the book of Ephesians, there's two very powerful prayers. One is in verse Chapter 1, one's in chapter 3. And in chapter 3, both of them he prays for strength. But in chapter 3, verse 16, he says, I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with his power through his Spirit. Come on, somebody say hallelujah. They that wait on the Lord shall what? Renew their strength. They shall mount up on wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. It was a song that we used to sing from that verse and it would conclude, teach me, Lord, teach me, Lord, to wait. Some of the greatest times in my life has been when I just waited on the Lord. These last few weeks I've spent time. One of my great joys is where I live I, uh, there's a forest on my property and then there's a pine forest next to my property. It's, um, it's a national forest. And when you drive up on Sundays, there's over 30 cars parked to walk there. That's their church for a lot of people just to watch, walk through that. But that's my place of prayer and I'll walk there when I have the opportunity. And these last few weeks, I've really uh, committed myself to trying to take more time there. And I've, because I come to early morning prayer meeting like you do every morning and and, uh, but I, that's not enough for me. I, I, I need more time with the Lord. And uh, that, those times where I'm just kind of walking and praying, I wish I could do that all day. 
sit on, sit on a, a log that's fallen and just sit there and just meditate on the Lord and let him speak to me. Take a pen and write things down. Get my Bible open. And I do this. I, 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 I'm a part of a group of men that meet every Saturday morning and all you men are welcome to join me. It's at 6 o'clock up in the prayer chapel. Just for men. We're up in the prayer chapel and the women meet with my wife in the music room. And that, that what we do is we, we, we have a reading every week. A chapter a day. And then we come to that meeting and uh, I share a few thoughts that the Lord's given me from those chapters and, and then we, the group, they break up in groups and share. And, and the, that's, that, that, that's, that's very important to me. Yes, I study a lot of hours and hours to preach a message, but those moments where I'm just reading the Word to read it for myself, not to prepare something for you, but to read it for myself, it's like food to my soul. You've got to grow in the Word, friend, because that will keep you strong. But that brings me then and we've got to wait on the Lord. That'll keep us strong. We've got to pray. And we've got to stay in covenant. But that brings me then to the fourth thing. Stay filled with the Holy Spirit. Stay filled 